right, welcome in to another episode of FarzCast. Farzine Vasugin here with you. We are doing this live on a Thursday night. It is the month of December. Uh, haven't done a podcast in a couple of weeks, uh, so real quickly, it's been a while. I uh, hope you all had a happy Thanksgiving uh, for those of you who are just the podcast listeners. Uh, but if you're just a podcast listener, not on our Facebook, social media, any of that stuff, get in on it because... We've got some people watching live right now, so I appreciate those on the Facebook page who are following along and listening to the podcast. Uh, we did a live stream last night and had a really nice turnout, a lot of questions. I did not even get, I don't I don't even think I got through half the questions. Uh, and we went, I, I think for about 40 minutes, 30 or 40 minutes, we didn't even get through half the questions. So I appreciate those who've always been, uh, all of you guys, who have uh, shown a lot of... Um, a lot of excitement for these live streams. That makes me want to do these even more. So appreciate you guys uh, who have been uh, following along, all that. And uh, we'll do more of these. Um, more live streams, just Facebook live streams. Obviously, this is going to be a little different. It's, go- it's going to be a podcast. The live streams, we do a lot of Chiefs talk. We'll do a little bit of that, um, or I should say mainly Chiefs talk, on just a regular Facebook live streams. But we'll do um, we'll do more of those later. Today, we'll talk a little bit of Chiefs. Uh Real quickly, obviously we'll touch on the Chiefs and the Bengals. Uh, I think I maybe know what it is that the Chiefs struggle with so much against the Bengals. So I'll address that on on this podcast. Baker Mayfield, he's got a new team. What is the future for Baker Mayfield? A couple of NFL teams that are on the rise, getting hot lately, and now suddenly have a shot at the playoffs. Are the Bucks for real? Are they a real threat? Wanted to touch on the UFC a little bit as well as Dana White making some headlines this week. Facebook.com slash Farzine Vasugan. That is a Facebook page. At Farzine21 on Twitter. At Farzine Vasugan on Instagram. We've got the last snow globe giveaway we're doing. So check that out on the um, on the uh, Instagram and Twitter pages. I appreciate it, Rochelle. Thanks, Tyler. Appreciate it. Yeah, come on in. If you guys uh, haven't done so already, please uh, give the live stream a like and share it as well. We'll keep this pretty short. I don't want to go too long here. Um, and by the way, if you're not, if you're only following me on one social media or the other, I'll put all that all that in the uh, podcast description. And for those of you joining a little late, uh, we'll put the rest of the podcast. Or maybe you would need to leave early at some point. We'll put the rest of the podcast live, uh, or excuse me, not live, archived on uh, Apple, Spotify, wherever. So, you guys know the drill. You guys know about this stuff better than me at this point. Uh, with that said, uh, I do want to get into the Chiefs and the Bengals game. I'm not going to go over this too much because I've already given a lot of my thoughts on the Facebook page, on Twitter, all that. At the end of the day, here's what's, what's so frustrating with the Chiefs when they play the Bengals, losing to them three times in one calendar year. In the fourth quarter of those three games against Cincinnati, the Chiefs have just a combined six points. They only scored three in the first meeting. That was the early January game. In the AFC Championship, they didn't even score until they were down. Almost didn't score when Mahomes lost the football. And in this fourth quarter this past week, they didn't score at all. So, listen, and this is not just a Bengals issue. 
Um, the Chiefs just have issues scoring late in games uh, with Andy Reid so much. I mean, they're a good comeback team, but then when games are close or when they're up big, they they just can't seem to figure out a way to finish strong. Why can't the Chiefs do that? And look, they had a really good running game going in this in this matchup against the Bengals, but they didn't they didn't take advantage of it. They didn't take advantage of McKinnon and Pacheco doing what they do best. Uh, pretty confusing to me how they just didn't use that running game more. I get it. You have Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, that they give you the best chance to win. But listen, even the best just have their off days. They do. Well, guess what? You have other guys who can step up, and I feel like Pacheco and McKinnon did that. And unfortunately, Andy Reid just avoided giving the ball to them late in the game when, when they should. Should Travis Kelsey have fumbled? Obviously not. But at that point, maybe you should have continued to run the ball more. Or not continued, should have ran it more. Uh, especially late in the game, you were up by four, could have made it a two-possession game, and could have uh, taken one on the road in Cincy. Uh, and unfortunately for the Chiefs, they have to pay attention to the Bills from here on out. So I think that's the issue with the uh, with the Chiefs. Tyler is asking who wins tonight. I, I got to go with the Raiders. I mean, how can you pick the Rams? Um, do we know the inactives yet for the Rams? Let me quickly look that up because we are doing this live. I know those of you listening to the archived version probably already maybe know the result of this game. Uh, let's see. Yahoo Sports. Oh, yeah, of course the inactives have been out. Why am I even asking that? Uh, let me quickly see if the Rams. Okay, this article only has the Raiders. Um, okay, let's see the Rams wire. Okay, they definitely will have the inactives here on their website. Maybe. Uh, trying to load this up here. But anyway, uh, Baker Mayfield and John Wolford, Josh Jacobs, all active. Okay, interesting. Yeah, listen, this whole Baker Mayfield thing. Okay, Baker Mayfield getting a ton of reps in pre, pre, uh, pre-game. Okay, so he's probably going to start this game. We'll see. Uh, I'll be doing this live stream for a little bit. Um, here's my thing with Baker Mayfield. Because here's what I think is going to be my takeaway from this game. Because the Raiders are winning this game. If they don't, it would be a massive upset. I don't know what the betting line is right now. But, uh, I mean, it would have to be in, in favor of the Raiders. Here's my thing. Baker Mayfield was a number one overall pick not too long ago and actually was doing pretty well for quite some time. But the Browns just decided to go in a different direction with Deshaun Watson. And unfortunately, regardless of what your stance is on the whole Deshaun Watson front, the Browns made the right choice. Look what's happening to him or what did happen to him in Carolina. They let him go after trading for him. And now the guy's... Turning into a journeyman, if he does not figure it out, now listen, I'm not saying Baker Mayfield needs to have a big game tonight. I'm not expecting anyone on two days notice to shine and have this big game. I, I have no idea how in the hell you're going to, uh, I, what, what, what do you honestly, realistically expect from Baker Mayfield? I don't know. I really don't. Uh, I think they just showed uh, the uh, prime uh, panel right there for pregame. They all, they're all picking the Raiders. Um I, I, I don't know who is even picking the Rams to win tonight. But here's the thing. Baker Mayfield's got to do something this season. Again, I know the season's ending and there's there aren't a lot of games left. 
But he's got to prove something because if he doesn't do well under Sean McVay's offense, boy, this could be the start of a journeyman career for a number one overall pick. Obviously, that's not how any number one pick wants to have their... That's that's not what they want their career to turn into. Baker Mayfield's career is in peril right now. So, again, I'm not expecting much tonight. The Rams are going to get killed. That's my my prediction. But this season, Baker's going to get a chance, I believe. So, boy, uh, do something this season. Because if not, it's going to be a journeyman season for him. Rochelle says, I don't care if the, if the Chiefs keep losing to the Bengals. As long as you can still win against the others. still have, Yeah, I mean, look, odds are you're going to have to play them and the Bills. Or at least one of them in the playoffs, right? So you got you to gotta figure out how to win against those guys. Uh, Rochelle says, tonight should be a good game. The Rams had surprised me. Uh, I don't know. Delisa says, I agree, they are humans, not robots. Tyler says, would you consider him a bust if it doesn't work? Um, I mean, I, I think the bust label is already on him right now. I'm not saying give up on him and just, you know, don't even, don't even give the guy a chance. I think he still deserves an opportunity. But if you got traded by the team that drafted you number one overall not too long ago, which, by the way, let, let's talk about this for a second. The Browns, are, are, are they've always been like the butt of the joke in the NFL, right, for so many years. They're now in this position where, you know, they've been more competitive. Uh, we'll see what happens with Deshaun Watson, uh, you know, in the future. But, you know, the Browns traded him, okay? The Panthers gave up on him in less than a year. And now you're playing for your third team in one in 12 months, essentially. You know, if you're not a bus, what are you? That's that's my question. Yeah, I want to see the Rams too, uh, Rochelle. I want to see them win too, but I I, I just don't see it happening. Uh, listen, I like Baker. I really do. I, I was really excited for him coming out of college. But he just has not, in the last 12 months, uh, had a very good run at it. Uh it's just an unfortunate matter. Hopefully he figures it out because, boy, uh, if you don't, uh could be the end for you. And I'm talking, again, journeyman. But if he doesn't want to be a backup, well, then go play in Canada or the XFL somewhere because you're not going to get many starts in the NFL from here on out if you don't get it under Sean McVay. Speaking of the Raiders tonight... They and the Commanders have been getting hot lately. The Commanders have been making a lot of noise with Taylor Heineke, especially since that winning over the Eagles. That gave them some clout, if you would. Uh, the the Commanders, by the way, are 5-1-1 one, one with Taylor Heineke this season. Listen, I said it before the season. I, I'm just not sold on Carson Wentz. I, I'm really not. By, by the way, the, the question earlier, if I would consider Baker a, 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 a bust, you know who is for sure a bust? Carson Wentz. Um, he was really good at one point with the Eagles. He was having an MVP type of season. And when he goes down with an injury, boom, Nick Foltz takes him all the way to a Super Bowl against Tom Brady. Um, and since then, uh, Carson Wentz just has not been the same guy. And I think that may have really hurt his mojo. And he just has not been the quarterback, uh, the same quarterback since then, uh, going from different teams, the Colts, 
Um, I think I maybe even forgot a team. I don't know. Uh, I, at this point, I, can, I, don't, I can't even keep track of Carson Wentz's career anymore. I don't think anyone can. Uh, Taylor Heineke's the better quarterback. I remember he filled in for Alex Smith in that playoff game against the Bucks. I was really impressed with what he did in that football game. I, I, I was really hoping he could pull off the win. That way Alex Smith could come back and get at least one playoff win to finish his career. But unfortunately, that just didn't happen. The only loss they had was to Minnesota, by the way, which in my opinion, I mean, they're 1A, 1B with the, uh, with the Eagles in that conference. They really are. So I like what the commanders have been doing with Taylor Heineke. The Raiders... Uh, I know their schedule has gotten a little easy. Uh, they're not playing the best of teams, but they're winning football games. That's all that matters at the end of the day. They're quietly climbing up the ladder. And this week on National Sports Talk Radio, the conversation has been out there, especially today since they're playing on primetime. You know, are the Raiders going to make the playoffs? Because people think there is a clear path and there might be, except I think there are two problems. I was going to say there is a problem, but I think two problems, meaning... Weeks 17 and 18, when they play the 49ers and the Chiefs, I don't think that's really a that, that, that's going to bode well for the Raiders, because here's what's going on: the Ra- uh, uh, the Raiders are playing the 49ers in Week 17. Okay, the Niners right now are leading the NFC West, but only by a game. Right behind their tail, the Seattle Seahawks. And I guarantee you, they're going to try to do everything they can to prevent any kind of comeback in the division. They want to hold on to that lead. And then the Chiefs, well, the Chiefs are going to be fighting for a number one seed uh, more likely than not. Uh, I think they will have it by, uh, by, by week 18, but they've got to hold on to it. The good news for the Raiders is they've got those games at home. So we'll see what happens there. Although I will say a lot of Chiefs fans showed up for that Raiders game last or last year, I should say, in Vegas. So I'm not sure. Listen, the Raiders have to play pretty much perfect. Per, they have to have perfection from here on out. I don't know if I have that much confidence in a team coached by Josh McDaniels and led by Derek Carr under center. Is that team really capable of perfection from here on out? I really just don't see it. Yeah, he hasn't been the same since the injury. Side note, Carson has more touchdowns than Russell Wilson, and he hasn't played since week six. Holy shit. I did not know that, Tyler. Who's the most disappointing team this year? See, a lot of people might say the Packers because of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the guy's back-to-back reigning MVP. But the Broncos spent so much on Russell Wilson and they felt like they were a quarterback away. I think everyone would agree they were a quarterback away from, at the very least, being competitive. But a lot of people thought they were actually AFC contenders. They're not even that. I mean, what? If they lose to the Chiefs this weekend, they're officially eliminated, right? It would have to be either this game or the the, the game after. Um, which, by the way, w- w- with how competitive the AFC was, was supposed to be, the Chiefs can win it in Week 14. Before the middle of December. So this division has not even been close to competitive that people thought it was going to be, which is crazy. I got to ask this question. Are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for real? Because a lot of people before the season had them as one of the top favorites to win the Super Bowl. Uh, 
that offense has not been very good. They were down 16-3 to on Monday night against the Saints, and with less than five minutes to go, the Saints just absolutely collapsed while the Bucs cruised, scored two touchdowns, and now they stand on top of the NFC South with a 6-6 six and six record. Listen, I've said this so many times about Tom Brady. Tom Brady's been written off so many times. 2014, 2017, uh, which by the way, coincidentally, both those years early on in the season, the Chiefs dominated the Patriots and people at that point decided to write off the Patriots and thought that this was this dynasty was over. No, Brady bounced back both those years and won a Super Bowl when no one, expect, even Patriots fans did not expect it. Patriots fans were asking for, uh, for the franchise to move on from Brady and Belichick, to just move on and start with something fresh. And then they bounced back. Which is funny because Patriots fans always play this, oh, us against everyone card. Okay, come on. You even doubt your own quarterback at times. Um, I remember uh, the year before, uh, Brady's first year as a Buck, they started 0-2. And look what happened then. Um, so look, I, I, I know Brady's been written off so many times and then all he's done is prove everyone wrong and coming back. But this time, I'm writing him off. I just am. They have the fewest points scored in the NFC South and the sixth fewest points in the NFL. Are they going to win the NFC South? Probably. So they've got a chance to win one playoff game since they're at home. You, you, you would always rather play at home than on the road, right? But I just don't know if I have that much confidence in the Buccaneers to go that far with Brady. I know Brady's been dealing with a lot personally. I'm sure that has an impact on his play this year. But the Buccaneers are, are not an offense that anyone is afraid of. I, ha I have more fear in the Raiders right now. And you guys know my opinion on Derek Carr, okay? I fear the Raiders more than the Bucs. The Bucs might be better than, uh, offensively, a better team than the Broncos. That's not saying much, though. That's really not. Uh, I mean, they've got some good pieces on that offense. Uh, but I just don't know. I, I, I mean, you lose one offensive lineman. I just don't know how Brady's going to recover from that. I really don't. Uh, could the Bucks win a playoff game? 50-50. 50-50 from me. I'll tell you who I think has a shot at winning the playoffs with a new quarterback at hand Right now, I think the New York Jets put themselves in a prime position to, at the very least, have a chance to be competitive in the postseason coming up. Look at the NFC, or excuse me, the AFC East right now. I mean, that is a gauntlet division right there. The Buffalo Bills are nine and three. Miami Dolphins are eight and four. Jets are seven and five. Patriots are six and six. One game from one another, all four teams. What everybody thought the AFC West was going to be, that's what the AFC East is. By the way, someone was say, on ESPN Radio was saying that the NFC East, there's a really good possibility that we have four, four teams from that division in the playoffs. It would not shock me one bit if the NFC East and the AFC East had four teams in the playoffs. Would not shock me right now. I know the Patriots are not in it at the moment. They would definitely need the uh, the Bengals to to fall or the Ravens, one of those two teams. Uh, but at the very least, I think we can assume three of the four are making it. 
that's why I think it's a long road for the Raiders to get in, man. Uh, that I know they're not competing with the AFC East to get in, but you got all those tough teams in the AFC right now. And again, you got to basically win out at this point if you're the Raiders. I don't think that is happening in Las Vegas. Tampa 6-6 six and six on top, that's ridiculous. Yeah, well, you know, it's weird with this uh, seven-team format for the playoffs for both conferences. You would think that, you know, we'd see a little bit of a, we'd see better teams, but we're still seeing some, listen, we're still seeing some good teams miss out on the playoffs, but then we still have situations like this. Um, I know a seven uh, postseason format for each conference doesn't impact, you know, a team with a 500 or below record could still win the. Oh, well, obviously, no one can finish with a 500 record now. Um, but you still have that. Teams used to be afraid to play Brady, Rochelle says. I think each year it's less and less. Um, yeah, but then, you know, there are times, Rochelle, like, you know, 2017, no one was afraid of the Patriots after that slow start. And then look what happened. I know 2019. I think it was. Uh, the Patriots were just bad. They won the division because the AFC East just hasn't been good for for quite some time. And then, you know, he got up to a slow start with the Bucs. Uh, but I think this is the year where, listen, you know, we can all look. Uh, Brady had a great year last year. You know, let's not forget about that. Last year, I, I know he's 45, 46, whatever. But last year, you know, it wasn't that long ago, obviously. Um, every year is a different year. I, I agree with that standpoint. But... Um, could he return to his old form next year? Because the guy's going to play till he's 100, I guess. Because, um, look, I know he's dealing with a lot this, or this not this offseason, but this season with the divorce and whatnot. Um, so I can understand, you know, his performance not being good. Could he return to his old form next year? I don't know. Uh, I mean, next year's ways away. Obviously, a lot needs to happen for, uh, from now until then. So we'll see. Yeah, the Eagles. I, I didn't think the Eagles were gonna go th- this this strong. I, I I didn't think so, but here they are. Uh, but yeah, I think the Jets do have a chance with Mike White. Stick with him. I know he didn't have that good of a game against the Vikings. Uh, they got off to a really bad start and they got in trouble early, so they had to catch up. But they at least at least Mike White gave him a chance to win. I don't think Zach Wilson gives you a chance in the end. I think Zach Wilson is someone who deserves another chance. But at the moment, Mike White's the guy. A few quick notes here, okay? Uh, Todd Downing, the offensive coordinator for the Titans, I have not had a chance to discuss this, so this is a couple of weeks old, so I'll keep it short. Todd Downing is the offensive coordinator who got uh, charged with a DUI uh, less than a few hours after winning on Thursday Night Football. It happened on an early Friday morning. Uh, Look... Everyone knows what happened with Britt Reed. Recently, he was sentenced to prison for three years. And everyone knows about the um, the wide receiver from the... Uh, the former uh, wide receiver from the Raiders. I can't remember his name right now off the top of my head. Ruggs. Henry Ruggs. Everyone knows what happened in those two situations there. How is it that Henry Ruggs, his situation led to a death and... Britt Reed, his situation led to a young girl suffering serious brain damage, yet we still have these players and coaches getting behind the wheel when they shouldn't. And I know there's an investigation going on to see if on the team plane, 
did Todd was Todd Downing drinking? Because they boarded the plane after Thursday night football, and then they all went home Friday morning. I don't, I don't know their exact itinerary, but I mean that's just a weird that's a weird set of events right there. So I don't know what what it's going to take for people to learn not to drink and drive, but still happening. Brittany Griner, she was let go in a prisoner swap. A lot of people not happy about the swap as a um, arms expert, I guess, is uh, heading back to Russia. Um, you know, a lot of people are so critical of Brittany Griner. I know this turned into a political thing. Um, so the side that is against her was saying, hey, she can stay there. She broke a, a rule. And listen, it wasn't like... It wasn't like she did something serious, like something awful, right? There are people in that country who have done the same thing with a far less punishment. Because of everything going on, uh, Russia tried to get some leverage in this whole situation. Um, I will say, I do think Brittany Griner, at the end of the day, um, she. I mean, listen, there are a lot of places you could have gone to play basketball internationally in the offseason. I've said this so many times. Why is it she had she felt the need to go there with everything going on? That's the only thing I'm critical of uh, with her. By the way, the same crowd saying she broke a law and all that stuff. Now that she's coming back, they're all upset saying, oh, she doesn't like this country. Why are we bringing her here? It's like, just admit you're just, you just don't like her because you don't agree with her stance at this point. Um I mean, really, come on. Is that a secret this day and age uh, with people and their opinions on others? I mean, it does have to do with whether or not we agree with them politically, right? I've seen a lot of people cheer for an athlete suddenly out of nowhere because they agree with them politically. Listen, I don't give a damn, you know, my favorite athletes. I don't give a damn who the hell they vote for or where they lie politically. I mean, you have that right as an American citizen. Uh, Whatever opinion you want to have, have. Um, I, I, I'm not going to root for someone or cheer against someone because of their politics. I, I, I think that's stupid. People always say keep politics out of sports, but yet we want to cheer for someone, uh, and, and be a fan of them all of a sudden because of their politics makes no sense. Uh, Dana White and Patty Pimlet, they did a podcast together. Patty did a podcast. He had Dana White as a guest. They both decided to attack Ariel Helwani, which is interesting. Dana White is really obsessed with Ariel Helwani. Um, Ariel absolutely destroyed them on his podcast in the most professional manner with receipts, because for whatever reason, Dana White and and Patty decided to make up a bunch of lies about Ariel. Um, listen, Patty's an idiot. This really did make me change my mind. See, here's who I root for, root against for people who act like clowns like this when they want to all of a sudden start picking fights with someone. What are you, a child? You're a grown-ass adult. Um, and you can't, You obviously would not say this to anyone's face the same way. Dana White and that podcast, by the way, he says, oh, I didn't even, I, I don't ever think about Ariel Helwani unless uh, someone brings him up to me. Well, it's funny because someone was asking Dana White about Gina Carano and then he mentions Ariel Helwani and called him a douche because of his stance on the whole Gina Carano situation. So I don't know what it is. Like, Dana White's obviously upset because Ariel Helwani broke the news about Brock Lesnar for UFC 200. Uh, By the way, Dana, UFC 282, which is this Saturday, is a piss-poor card. Maybe the worst pay-per-view card I have ever seen in my entire life. The two fighters fighting for a belt were not even fighting 
for they were they were not even scheduled to fight for a two or three weeks ago. And that's the only title match you have. Patty is your co-main event. I know he's a rising star and all, but that's not a good co-main event to have on a Vegas pay-per-view. Vegas pay-per-view cards, they are not expensive. I mean, excuse me, they are not cheap tickets. They are expensive, okay? I've been to a few before. They cost you quite a lot. Costs quite a lot to attend one. Um, I'll just give you an idea. My dad and I, for we were sitting uh, just a couple rows above the tunnel where the fighters come out. 1500 bucks, the two of us. So, yeah, they ain't cheap. Maybe Dana White should focus more on improving his course. Because the UFC product is actually pretty good right now. I wouldn't say it's great. They don't have a clear-cut uh, superstar at the moment. Though they should with Amanda Nunes. But they don't want to do it for whatever reason. Maybe the promotion should actually do what they... Are, are called promote they don't do that they do a shitty job of it they've got top talent but they're putting terrible cards at the moment um this card by the way is it already sucked before some of the dropouts uh pretty bad uh real quickly i do want to touch on james kraus who is a former ufc fighter uh coaching out of glory mma gym in lee summit missouri so a lot of you guys listening probably are familiar with the gym in some sort, or you know someone who might be affiliated or knows of the gym or knows someone that trains there. This is really bad. This is unfortunate. Listen, I like James Krause. Uh, the fighters around him have a lot of great things to say about him. I've talked to James Krause a couple of times. I interviewed him on my MMA podcast that I used to do. Um, this is bad. This is really bad for James Krause. Uh, so for those who don't know, uh, James Krause's fighters are no longer allowed to fight. Uh, James Cross is no longer allowed to corner a fighter in the UFC, as well as a couple other promotions. Um, nor can a fighter compete in the UFC if they train in uh, Glory MMA. So essentially what's happening here, Glory MMA is you cannot have any affiliation with Glory MMA. So this is very interesting. And the Derek Minner fight, I don't remember the name of his opponent, but Derek Minner, who had a leg injury, and the odds on this fight changed suddenly before the fight. Derek Minner goes into this fight with a leg injury, which his entire coaching staff knew, and they all bet on this fight knowing he would lose. So not only did Derek Minner go into this risking his injury to get worse, he essentially threw the fight. Here's the other thing, too, because if you watch that fight... By the way, the, the, the announcers, Dominic Cruz, Daniel Cormier, they were really confused as to how he got hurt and, and what happened, how, how he lost that fight. When he's on the ground, he's just doing this the entire time. He's just covering his head. When UFC fighters... You don't have to be a fighter to know this. When UFC fighters are on the ground and they're getting punched, yeah, you got to defend yourself, but you also got to move. All he did was just cover his head... And was not making any effort to move. Now, obviously, no one thought much of it at the time because not a lot of people watch it. Not a lot of people knew who Derek Minner was. Now they do. I, this guy's career is over. No one's going to want to train with that guy. I mean, listen, there are second chances for certain things out there. Not this. Not this. As for James Krause, my God, man. Um, listen, I like James Krause. 
the things that his fighters say about him as a coach, you don't hear from other fighters. The, yeah, there are some fighters out there that, are, that praise their coach and the rest of their gym and coaching staff. The things that people say about James Krause just makes you think that this guy can do no wrong with his fighters. He's always got their backs. But unfortunately, this whole betting probe here, um, New Jersey is considering banning MMA fighting in the near future. Um, Ontario, and I believe another um, another province in, um, in Canada, they have banned MMA betting. So this is really bad for James Krause. This is really bad. Uh, we're talking serious prison time here. I mean, the, the guy is done with the sport for now. Could he get back in it one day? I don't know. That seems like an uphill battle. I don't know what the odds are of that happening. That is an extremely... I, I mean, I give it a slim chance. Uh, there's all this talk about prison time. It's going to take a while for this to all unfold. But the UFC essentially told... Their fighters, look, you've got to leave if you want to fight for us. And I know those fighters love James, but they got to continue their careers as well. Just a sad world, man. What am I drinking? Uh, someone was asking this the other day. Fairlife. If you guys haven't had this before, Fairlife Nutrition Protein Shake. Uh, I just got done working out before I did this podcast, so... This is usually what I have after a workout. Um, I'm not into the whole keto thing. I know that a lot of people are, uh, are into that stuff now. I'm not too crazy about it, but I have been doing some of it lately. I also have one of these protein bars. Jimmy, if you guys have ever heard of that, I recommend it. Uh, pretty good. Uh, they've got this. Um, this is strawberry. Uh, they also have peanut butter, which I really love. So um, I highly recommend it. I'm going to have that after I'm done with this podcast. So yeah, if you guys haven't already, check out Fairlife. Uh, they have these at Costco, Sam's Club. Uh, they have different flavors. I saw they had um, what, what flavor was it? It was like a peanut butter something. I, I wanted to try it, but I'm not gonna buy an entire case for it. Caramel. I take that back. It was not peanut butter. It was caramel. That's what it was. So yeah, check it out if you guys haven't already. It's really good. If you guys are want to get into keto. Looking for some alternatives? That is for sure an option. Okay, last thing before I get out of here, because I know Thursday Night Football's on and I want to watch that. The World Cup, I want to touch on this a little bit, because the U.S. was actually, I mean, even though they only won one game, their games were actually really intriguing. They really were. They tied with Wales 1-1, tied with England, no score. They beat Iran 1-0. That was a very exciting game. That was essentially a playoff game, because the U.S. had to absolutely win, no tie at all in order to advance to the knockout round. And they were obviously able to do that, winning 1-0, and then with the nine minutes of stoppage time, boy, there was a lot of drama in that one. You know, sports like soccer and hockey, I know soccer is more slow-paced, but man, uh, just because there isn't a score happening does not mean nothing is happening at all. A lot can happen in, in, the, in that stretch there without any kind of a score. So, uh, it was a lot of fun watching the U.S. in this World Cup. And by the way, I think they did very well against England, not allowing a goal. 12 goals in that one? Or excuse me, 12 goals from England? In their four games, including the knockout round? In their four games, the only time they didn't score was against the U.S. 
I know the U.S. has a young team, sure, you know, I'll, I'll get behind that, but I've also heard that before in past World Cups with the U.S., that, hey, you know, we got we got a young squad, and all. I guess this is the youngest they've ever been, I don't know, I'm, I'm not too up to speed with soccer, although I will say, watching these games definitely has got me hooked. I wish I could watch them more, because, you know, I'm busy during the day at work uh, to be watching these games, uh, same with the Olympics, you know, it's just unfortunate, depending on the location. Uh, it may not be time-friendly for those in the U.S., but next time, they'll be in the United States, and Kansas City will have a few games, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. Uh, but, you know, Matt Turner, I thought he was an awesome goalie for the U.S. this year. Uh, Christian Pulisic, obviously a cornerstone player that they want to get behind. Hajai Wright, another young guy. Sergio Dentz, uh, Timothy Way, Josh Sargent. A lot of 24, 23, 22-year-olds on this roster. A lot of young guys. Um, these are guys who are going to be in their mid to late 20s the next time we see the World Cup. So I think this is an opportunity for these guys to just get some experience in the next, next few years. And when it starts in 2026, when they essentially have home turf, they've got a chance. Man, I really hope Kansas City gets a, a U.S. game. I'm 100% going to go. Um, I'm excited for Kansas City regardless. I won't go if, I mean, if Iran's playing, yeah, I might go. Uh, if it's the U.S., I'll 100% go. Yeah, I saw the Raiders scored. Uh, this is not going to be a contest, guys. Um, I mean, seriously, who's picking the, the, the Rams? I, I don't know. Yeah, I'd love to go to a game too, Rochelle. Um, I mean, 2026, it may not happen for, uh, for quite some time. So hopefully, uh, people get to go if the U.S. is coming to Kansas City. All right, that'll do it for this episode of FarceCast. Thank you guys so much for downloading and listening to this episode of FarceCast. If you guys haven't, follow me on social media. I'll just put all the uh, social media on my podcast description for you guys to check it out. So make sure you follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever, YouTube if you haven't already. Uh, And make sure you subscribe to the podcast, share the links with your friends. Other than that, I'm off to watch Thursday Night Football. For those of you listening to the archive version, probably already know the score, so... You guys already know about that. Other than that, I'll do more of these live streams later. Talk to you guys later. Peace out. Thanks for joining me.